I'm John Ryan and this is Podroast. This week they make the best TV in the world, but can they make a podcast? And Happy Halloween, a Radio 4 podcast to put the willies up you. Any podcast with the episode title Narcissist, Taker or A-Hole and to listen, especially when it starts with the swoosh, the static and the choral la that brands it as an HBO production. Succession is back and despite a below par episode one, series three reliably recovered with episode two. Is its genius replicated by its official podcast? Hi everyone, begins host Cara Swisher, unpromisingly. One day a podcast will welcome me in the singular. There's a no-nonsense introduction before the first sign this is from the same stable as the TV show itself. We get a montage of dialogue from this week's Sublime show, set against its Nicholas Brattel theme tune. Cara pops up during that with a couple of very scripted promo lines. Dropping into that scene with the Roy siblings in Kendall's kid's bedroom, she says it feels like the kind of room that could use a psychologist which is just as well as adam grant from the work life podcast is her guest the a-hole line from the episode is his and there's a clip of him saying it before that theme swells up and we make a start it begins with a very built section called power rankings looking at the cast character by character and discussing who's in the ascendancy or the opposite it's illustrated with clips, it's over some classical filler track, so why doesn't it work? Well, there's a sweet spot between a well-written, well-read script and the usual podcast top-of-the-head shambles. This feels almost too safe. Cara's reading everything. It doesn't help that she's very straight. There's not much passion or energy in her voice. I'm sure she's a Succession fan, but you wouldn't know it from her delivery. After an episode, I want to spend time with someone who loves it as much as I do, to share theories, the best bits, and have a bit of a Waystar Royco loving. This delivery reminds me of an O-level set text. Here's an example. Introducing the explosive reintroduction of Marsha this week, Cara's script calls her Logan's estranged wife, Marsha. Now, I accept if you're not watching Succession, my podcast isn't making much sense. But if I was making a podcast about Succession for fans of Succession, I'm not sure we need to remind people who a central character is. The Hugos, the Moes, the Ravers, maybe, but not Marsha. After the power rankings, there's another long clips montage, this time of the key scene in the episode, and we finally meet Adam. Now, he's a good get. He says it was almost like watching scenes he'd already seen professionally in real life. He talks about research into family companies called socio-emotional wealth, the idea that in a family firm, you're not just trying to build wealth, you're trying to build legacy, and that makes every family member's identity and status that much more important. That tends to drive motivation and effort, but they have a hard time making rational decisions. That pretty much sounds like the kernel of all that is brilliant in succession. He goes on to explain their ambivalent or switching sides relationship with Logan is a lot more stressful than either being with him or against him. Again, a key driver of the show. This is good, thoughtful stuff. Even Kara is warming up a bit. She has scripted questions, but sounds a bit more conversational in this segment. Adam riffs a bit on how he'd assist the Roys. It sounds here like it's in danger of becoming a podcast about organisational psychology. Although I was interested to hear, he recommends one of my go-to techniques when joining a new business. That's asking everyone there, what are the first three things they would do if they were in charge? He says that's a good way of seeing what their existing frustrations are, surfacing good ideas, and getting a sense of whether they've thought about a career path. 
There are a few eclipses in this bit, and it's another reason it's not quite working. It's like a fruitcake where all the fruit's sunk to the bottom. A way to make the generic psych chat more relevant would be to drop in audio from the show and connect the two. Instead, we get big narrative dumps from the show at the top with that slightly clumsy scripting. Now, there is a bit when they do do that, Shiv's pee-pee banter to Roman when he walks out, and suddenly we're back on track. But it also ends pretty suddenly. you think being an official production, we might get a taster clip of episode three. But no, the credit read is over the sig tune again, but not back time properly, and it just fades out. There are two producers, a senior producer, and four exec producers, an editor, and an engineer working on this. And it's not terrible. It made me think about a drama I'm already loving. It's just a bit cold, I think. It's a bit Ken and not enough Roman. It needs some life, some interaction with the audience, a little more personality. Now, after Thriller, it's hard to think of a more cliched way to open an audio production of something spooky than with a creaky door opening and some footsteps. But that's how Uncanny begins. It's a rainy night out there, begins Danny Robbins, apropos of absolutely nothing. Danny wastes no time telling us he made the acclaimed Battersea Poltergeist podcast. As part of it, he asked listeners to send their own ghostly experiences. He received hundreds of those, and this new podcast follows them up. Each episode is a new case, promising not just ghosts, but UFOs, mysterious beasts, and dark folklore come to life. This is the biggest investigation into the paranormal ever, he says, with no sense of his own hyperbole. Are you team believer or team sceptic? Is the impossible possible? He asks, as a Scandi drama-type theme bubbles up to a vocal. I know what I saw. The theme's by Lanterns on the Lake, and it's really rather good. Case one is the evil in room 611. The first words we hear are from Ken, a genetic scientist who doesn't believe in ghosts. There was a very strong sense of distilled evil coming from this figure. This thing wants to do absolute harm against me, he remembers. And as this is a Radio 4 production, the people claiming they've seen a Sasquatch in Stevenage or been felt up by a grey aren't the usual UFO Phil and Holly apologists. They're intelligent reasonable professionals like ken he's in his 60s but his story comes back from his uni days in modern concrete halls in belfast he'd gone to bed but was awoken by a black shape ripples in his blankets and white noise in his ears he was so frightened he thought all he could do was lunge at the shape and when it did it vanished waking his roommate he discovered he'd also had a bizarre dream at the same time of seeing a young man with a distorted face again wanting to do harm against him Ken said it was one of the most disturbing things that ever happened to him. So far, so Titbits magazine, there are a few Radio 4 contrivances, like Danny doing some recaps, some spooky music cues, and the occasional spot effect. But the bit where this gets scary is where Ken describes the second thing that happened to him, a lift arriving on his floor, footsteps coming along the landing, the door being beaten violently, but when he opened the door, there was nobody there. So the first half of Uncanny is about the story. The second half is where we hear the expert view. Caroline Watt is a professor of parapsychology at Edinburgh. Peter Law is an ordained reverend and paranormal writer. Hypnogogic hallucinations come to us on the borderlands of sleeping and waking, says Caroline, and we're programmed at seeing faces and figures for predator and mating reasons. 
Peter is fascinated by the selection of his room and by Ken's description of the absence of good in the story rather than the presence of evil. Much as I understand the production mechanic of holding back information until an appropriate time in the story, it feels a little disingenuous to hear our experts respond to story part A before they're told story part B. In this case, the previous poltergeist activity in room 611. The students there the previous year also reported flying textbooks. And the following year, tenants had terrible nightmares, synchronised nightmares and further poltergeist mischief involving cutlery. After that, another sequence with Caroline and Peter. Caroline thinks it might be the proximity of the lift that's causing this stuff. Ken has further evidence, the word of the hall cleaner he spoke to back then. She says there'd been a presence in that room for years, and several people with a link to the room had died. Someone had fallen from the window, another shot dead in the 70s on the way to mass. A third died in the room. Three candidates for haunting. But rather than any actual research... This stuff was all in living memory, after all. All we get is a solicit to listeners about what they reckon is going on, or to get in touch if they ever stayed in that room, and a promise to return to the story later in the series. Maybe I'm judging it too early. Then there's a tease of next week, some haunted house nonsense. So far, then, this feels like an idea that goes half the way. Good, credible witnesses like Ken, plausible experts like Caroline and Peter. But what the budget or the ambition is too small for is dogged research or even location recording other witnesses to the story at this time. For Halloween Hokum, this is an okay listen, but for a real-life podcast X-Files, the production feels less The Shining and more Rent-A-Ghost. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed. This week, with the official Succession podcast from HBO and Pineapple Street Studios and Uncanny from Bafflegab for BBC Radio 4. I listen to these so you don't have to. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.